0: Hello there, my name is Corey. I am the host, producer uh, extraordinaire of The Official Tapes, the unofficial Grateful Dead radio program for the official releases, which means that we play music on the radio that has been officially released from the band Beyond Description every so often. We like to catch up and uh, see what's going on in the wonderful world of The Grateful Dead. And uh, we've got a hot one for you today. My name is Marla Simon. And I own Scarlet Fire Hot Sauce. Oh, and how sweet it is! Let's get into it. When I try and explain it to people, that it's two different songs, of Scarlet Begonias and Fire on the Mountain. And they were played together for the first time in 1977. And since then, they are often played together. And when people write down the two songs next to each other on a set list, it just basically becomes Scarlet Fire. When I try and explain it to people that it's, you know, it's kind of a song title or two song titles, but not anything official, you know, people kind of look at me funny sometimes, but for the people that know, uh, they get it. It is a vinegar-based hot sauce, which is important to note because there are a lot of hot sauces these days that are made in different ways. There's lacto-fermented hot sauces and sauces that don't even have any vinegar in there at all. So it's, it's kind of a classic style vinegar-based hot sauce. And the ingredients are the primary chili is Fresno pepper. And then there's um, a little bit of habanero, that has been fermented. There is a little bit of Thai chili and then some carrot and garlic, a little sea salt. And yeah, it's pretty simple, but it all those ingredients combined make just a pretty balanced hot sauce. It's, you know, it's not overly salty. There's no added sugar. It's pretty clean tasting. Um, I get a lot of people telling me that, you know, they don't normally like hot sauce, but now they, they love this hot sauce. So it's kind of a, you know, I like to say it's approachable for people that maybe wouldn't normally eat hot sauce. I first started making it back in, I think it was 2011. And I never wrote down the recipe initially. I just kind of would buy peppers, like whatever I could find and try it out. And it, it had a similar flavor, but it wasn't you know, standardized or anything. And I came up with the name around that time. It just sort of popped into my head, but I didn't really think I would do anything with it. And then I just, you know, made it for friends and people really seemed to like it. And then as I went through, you know, over the years, I continued to make it and I brought it on a camping trip to Yosemite several years ago. And uh, we had a, like a taco night or something. Yeah, I had a, I brought a bottle and a squeeze bottle, and uh, everyone tried it, and people had really good feedback. That was like the first kind of time anyone tasted it, and I've asked friends that were there if they really even remember <laughs> that I had it, and they don't. Most of them don't really remember that exact moment, but I remember it. And then at one point, I decided, like, maybe I should actually make this a legit thing and so i started doing recipe testing where i would you know just write down notes and then as i got closer and closer to like where i really thought it should be then i had to do a whole other round of of tests with a co-packer so once i decided like i wanted to do this legit there was many times where I thought about it but didn't actually follow through for one reason or another. Like after that trip, I had, I was in a class, a small business class, and it was through this program, the Women's Initiative for Self-Employment. I started working on a, a business plan for a sauce company, and that was, I think, back in 2011. And then I ended up getting that job working for the Cooking Channel, I had to drop out of the class. And so I finished the business plan and I was still working on it, but I just got sidetracked. And then I ended up getting this job at the culinary school. And so I, I started it up and then put it down like many times. And then finally... A couple years ago is when I decided, okay, like, let's really do this. Then I hooked up with a a co-packing facility, and I've worked with a few different ones. And they are basically someone who has a facility. They usually sell their own products as well, but not always. And they have the the FDA approval and the state approval, and they are a a licensed facility. So I don't have to own a a manufacturing plant or anything. And so they, I worked with a couple different ones along the way to kind of fine tune the recipe. I would say it'd be comparable to like a heat of like maybe a crystal hot sauce or a Tabasco, something like that. Even though the numbers don't quite match up with that, but that's, it's pretty approachable. It's the kind of hot sauce you can put on everything and not, you can put more than one little drop. So yeah, if you like, for example, like a Tabasco or a Crystal hot sauce, nothing crazy hot sauces, that's sort of where the heat lies, but the ingredients are much higher quality and taste is better, lower in sodium. There's a lot of uh, brands of hot sauce that have like, for example, 700 milligrams of sodium for one teaspoon or something crazy like that. It's mine's like seven. Sort of my search for the perfect hot sauce is, it's more about the flavor than the heat. So, you know, there's a lot of those crazy hot sauces, which there's chili heads that are, they want like the most Scoville, highest on the Scoville chart. And then they want the spiciest, hottest scorpion peppers. And, you know, they don't really care about the flavor or the palate or anything like that. But I think it's its all about a good balance of heat and flavor. So my hot sauce even though the name may sound like it's really spicy it's actually it's actually not uh, that hot. There is a, a, this Scoville rating chart and typically used to to grade uh, the heat of a, of a whole pepper. And so like the top of the list you have like the Carolina Reaper, and like the Trinidad Scorpion pepper and then the ghost pepper and they keep coming out with new ones and they you know these go up to like 2 million plus uh, heat units and i had my hot sauce tested and just to see where you know where it came in on this scale and it was kind of uh, a surprise that the lab that tested it said that scarlet fire was only about i think 1300 heat units versus like two million plus and so I asked you know I had them actually do it a second time just to make sure that it was correct because it feels like it's hotter than that to me like just to give you an example like a jalapeno I think is about like seven or eight thousand so it seemed really low to me and then they, they wrote back to me with this whole explanation of why it's hard to really um, test a hot sauce. Because once you blend it up with other ingredients, and it's, you know, it can be really misleading. I tested a lot of different peppers, just for my own, you know, my own use. Started off using more habanero, and then I experimented with the Fresno peppers, which I really liked. But yeah, it's it's pretty unique, blend and I it took me a lot of years to get to this exact recipe. Uh, I've tried many different things over the years and initially I had no intention of selling it. I just kinda made it for myself and gave it as gifts. When I was coming up with this hot sauce Jim Pollock is a well-known artist he does a lot of, of art for the band Fish, and he has a big following, and he happens to be a friend of mine. He offered to help me with the, the label art, and I was thrilled. He's a hot sauce fan, so I promised him a free hot sauce for life, and <laughs> he helped me with the, the label art, and it's been huge in kind of getting the word out there because he has so many fans. So officially it wasn't until going back to last summer I did a Kickstarter um, so people were able to purchase it through the Kickstarter last year and I had hoped to deliver the hot sauce to the backers last fall so like a year ago and I had a lot of issues with co-packers and yeah mainly co-packers it got delayed I also moved during that time um, from Denver to the Bay Area and that added to the delay a little bit, but it was mainly co-packer issues. And then, so I finally got my first production scheduled in February of this year and shipped out all of the, the bottles by like early March and then COVID happened. So that kinda put a bit of a damper on the business. My plan was to target stores and I wasn't planning on selling direct to consumer. I didn't have a website ready to go. I wasn't I didn't really want to deal with packing up and shipping hot sauce. So my plan was to target local stores, but in March that wasn't happening. No grocery buyer wanted to talk to a new a new brand. I certainly didn't want to go into any grocery stores and, you know, I didn't want to bother people. So that's when I decided to put the website up. And initially, I didn't even have the site, but I was, people were contacting me on social media. So I would, you know, send them like a PayPal invoice and ship it out. And then eventually I got the site up, which needs work, but it's, you know, it does the job for right now. Yeah, it's been pretty successful online, which wasn't, you know, wasn't really my initial plan. I sold out of, of hot sauce, which was exciting. I, I'm not making more. I'm scheduled for November 4th is my production date. So I'm doing some pre-orders on the website right now. I wish I could get in sooner, but unfortunately I just can't. So I'm doing pre-orders and anyone who orders now will get their bottle like mid-November. So there's still time for like a holiday, holiday gift or something like that. It is a one-person operation. And it's funny when, when people reach out to me for questions, you know, they, they don't know that it's coming like directly to me. You know, I don't have any employees or anything. It's all me. Someday I would like to, there's a lot of people that have helped me along the way. I can't say I did this all myself, but as far as my company goes, I, it's just me. You know, I had a feeling that deadheads would like the name, but I didn't think it was going to be my like main target market or anything. I just kind of liked the name and figured that once it gets on store shelves, there might be someone who sees it and knows what it means, but there's probably a lot of people that don't. You know, I have a lot of family members that didn't have any idea, you know, and now they're purchasing the hot sauce and different clients and they, you know, they had no idea where the name came from, but people that know tend to get really stoked about it. It's kind of similar to the way I named my other company Fresh Beats. You know, I didn't expect that only music fans were gonna wanna hire me as a personal chef and you know, most people don't even pick up on that. So it kind of doesn't even do much in that regard, but it doesn't always go over that well. People don't pick up on that usually. I get a lot of questions about, you know, why am I obsessed with beats and you know, do I only cook beats and stuff like that. (laughs) You know, when you are a chef, it's it's similar to being a musician. It makes sense. Um, And that you are creating the same dish over and over usually, but it's always a little bit different the same way, like a jam might be a little different or um, a live version. Uh, So yeah, I guess you could say that, you know, you could compare like a good live music show to a good chef, versus going to like the kind of show where they do the same set every night might be something like going to eat at in Applebee's or you know. (laughs) I love to travel and um, in 2012, I was working as a chef instructor at a culinary school in Denver at the Art Institute. And I had an opportunity to travel to China with a group of 11 chefs from different campuses all over the US and we were hosted by the Chinese uh, Hotel Association and we participated in uh, two different trade shows and we did some cultural exchanges and uh, we had an experience where we uh, we worked with some Chinese chefs and we Uh, Prepared food. We taught them to make certain dishes, and then they taught us. So they requested things that they wanted us to to show them Western dishes and vice versa. So I did a uh, I remember I did a demonstration on how to make Southern fried chicken and coleslaw. (laughs) That's what they requested, and then one of the things that I remember they made for us uh, was soup dumplings. And so yeah, it was a pretty, pretty cool experience. And then Thailand, I went and I trained with a chef um, on the island of Koh Samui and Chef Rung. And I basically for like a week straight, I just cooked Thai food with her like all day, every day. And I think it was actually like nine days possibly that I was there. And then I traveled around Thailand and Vietnam uh, for a few weeks afterwards. i ended up getting that job working for the cooking channel that was a really interesting job that i had anytime you watch a cooking show there is a chef that's preparing the food and they might make one version but what people don't realize is there is someone in the back or multiple people that are making many versions of the same dish like they stop the camera and bring in different phases of each dish. So if there's a stir fry, for example, we would have to prepare, you know, five different stages of that stir fry and have it ready to go. And then one final version to kind of bring out there when the TV chef finishes what they're doing. I was working on a TV show um, called Easy Chinese San Francisco. And it was filmed on location throughout San Francisco. And uh, we basically worked out of wherever we were on that specific day, and uh, we had an RV, and we were all over the place. My job was a lot of like sourcing ingredients and then preparing food for the for the screen, basically. Yeah, I have a couple other flavors of sauce in the works, and I can't tell you the names, but um, I'm working on getting them trademarked as well. And um, hopefully, you know, I don't know what the exact timeline will be um, sometime next year, but I have um, one sauce that's gonna be a more mild version. Um, It's actually a totally different flavor profile. It's almost not a hot sauce because it has almost no heat. And then um, I'm gonna do one that is a hotter sauce because a lot of people, Scarlet Fire just isn't hot enough for them. So I'm gonna do something a little, little spicier.